Hello everyone, this is Dan from the Unusual Suspects podcast. Uh, I'm currently in editing mode right now, editing episode 3 of the podcast. Unfortunately, in this episode, we ran into some technical difficulties. My audio levels are a bit mad. There was a lot of connection issues that we were having. All sorts of things were going on. So I've tried to restore this as much as possible, but I do apologize for some of the quality of this. But we still hope you enjoy it and still it's worth listening to because it's so goddamn entertaining, of course. We will be using probably a different software that we use to record the podcast going forward, but uh, we still hope you enjoy episode three i do apologize once again you can send your angry letters to me but preferably andy he probably would love a chat to all your angry letters but i do hope you enjoy the episode either way thank you for listening you know how the middle of your teeth is in the middle of your face Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of The Unusual Suspects. We've hit a milestone, we've actually done 3 episodes. Congratulations everyone. Woo! Round of applause, fantastic. Our podcast isn't officially out yet since we record these in <laughs> way in advance, so I have no idea if it's actually going to be heard yet, but I, I assume that episode 1 will be out Imminently. from our time in a few days. Maybe. One day soon. One day soon. So should we just make up what people think? I've got some reviews here that people have sent to us already. Yeah, do it. Okay, five stars. Uh, Andy's a bit of a prick, isn't he? Actually, I've got a real review from Andy uh, where he said uh, about you and me that you're still finding your feet with me and that makes it hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like this with every. I'm very introvert, so I'm, I, I am like that with everyone. But yeah. no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You're cool, Penny. It's all right. It's oh, I did also good. say that that yeah, you're did. in no way different with Pen than anyone else. No. I like but to Penn, pull her out of context. Yeah, she's a bit of an acquired taste. Yeah, if, we true. all are. We're all acquired tastes. Yeah. So I, t- I take some getting used to. We are a podcast of vinegar. We're a podcast of unusual suspects. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. Not just like a name. <laughs> <laughs> One star. That comment that Penny said in episode three. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about, and I know there's things going on in the world at the moment, and they're all serious and they're all very bad. And yes, yes, we all know this, but we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. And today's topic is we're going to pitch... Our coronavirus, post-coronavirus, so after, obviously, I don't think they'll make a coronavirus during the coronavirus. We never know. We don't know how long this is going to be, I guess. Um, Pitch our coronavirus movie plots with our titles, uh, what's the name of the film, and our lead actors. And just kind of give a a bit of a summary of what the film is about. Um, So we're all going to do this. And then at the end, we're going to talk about our name out of the hat, which last week was your name. And then we'll pull out another name out of the hat and then talk about that next week. So does anyone really, really want to go first about talking about their coronavirus film? No pressure. Well, seeing as how I don't have a title. Um, <laughs> didn't we'll give you one. We'll workshop yeah. it. It's fine. We'll workshop, yeah. workshop it. it. Yeah. 
I always no. I keep going first though. I don't want to. It was Andy more. First. It was more giving time first. to think of a title while someone else talks. Okay. All right. I'll go first. My film is called Flandemic. <laughs> I knew this was a bad idea. Right, Flandemic. Why Flan? Here's the plot. Here's the here's the, right. the one-liner. A couple take part in an, in an apocalyptic road race to get their hands on enough flour to make a poor Hollywood flan as a gift for their dying neighbour. I made up a real film. <laughs> Are you saying this isn't a real film? Yes. Does it star Paul Hollywood? No, it doesn't. It's a cross between Mad Max... <laughs> Mad Max Meet the Millers in Zombieland starring Michael Sarah and Anna Kendrick so they go around while creating, trying to create a flan they have, have you ever seen Cannonball Run no, no. I kind of know okay it's kind of like Wacky Races yep. but in, in oh, okay. the real world uh, so they have to travel let's say cross country because there's no supermarkets near them uh, to get the last bag of flour to make a flan. I assume there's flour in a flan. I'll be honest, I didn't check any recipes. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not. They're kind of squidgy, right? Yeah, but they're cakey, so they must have flour and eggs. Uh, no, no. Egg, milk, sugar. It's a bit like a creme brulee. No flour at all. Let's say eggs then. Let's say <laughs> Shit. All right. Uh, Things will go off in the flandemic, though. Yeah, they need sugar. Sugar, yeah. sugar. Eggs. They need eggs. Sugar is like crack cocaine in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why a flan? Uh, yeah, I thought of the title first to try to <laughs> reverse engineer it. <laughs> because Paul Hollywood, you know. Why flandemic genuinely made me laugh. Yeah, I was I was at home, obviously. I was eating, I don't know, probably a quiche, and I thought of flans, and then thought flandemic. That's fantastic. What would I do if there was no quiche? Eggs, eggs. We've changed it to eggs. We've changed it to eggs. eggs. Okay. And they're trying to find the last living chicken, I guess, maybe or something. Oh, or that's, hen. Sorry, that's good. That is good. Maybe they have to go and find because eggs go off. Like they could drive around, and all the eggs could be off. It'd make more sense if they looked for a chicken. Maybe they have to. So they've got a chicken, and they have to get it from. <laughs> Not a chicken, a hen. All right, whatever. They've got a hen. <laughs> they have to get it from one place to another so it can lay the perfect egg. It they has can't to have... make the flan where the chicken is. They have to take the chicken to the place to make the flan. Henny, I don't know it's if you. Cooker. I don't know if you know this about hens, but they are a big fan of good countryside and scenery and uh, if they're just in a sketchy terraced house doesn't work so they've got to get them up to I don't know the South Downs and uh, wait what country is this in? uh, Michael Sarah and Anna Kendrick are in England? sure yeah they're in (laughs) England they uh, they're on a gap year they're looking after hens they've got one favourite hen let's call it Marjorie Right. They've got to take Marjorie up to a countryside, uh, nice hill, maybe overlooking the sea. I'll be honest, I'm thinking about outside my doorstep. Uh, and and uh, they have to lay the perfect egg. However, there are troublemakers chasing them down for both Marjorie and her eggs. 
Okay. Right. So that's so that's your your peril in the, in this story is going to be troublemakers. Yes, yeah, they are. Um, they're teen thugs. They want the eggs to throw at other people because <laughs> that's what you do with eggs. Play, played by anyone in particular? Let's go for Steve Coogan. A teen thug. <laughs> uh, yeah. With his hat backwards. And, yeah. and Steve Buscemi then doing the hello fellow children. No, that's unrealistic. Come back to me on that one. I was worried I didn't Let's go Thomas Turgis. I'll be honest, I'm bullshitting this as I go along. Apart from the name. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I think what, yeah, we can clearly tell that you thought of the name and went, oh, that's good. It was (laughs) good. It was good. And then went, how do I think of a story that occupies or like is somewhat related to this title? Because the title is gold. It is kind Um, of like Zombieland. I've even written an opening scene for... uh, Similar to Zombieland, as the credits roll, as you get Michael, Sarah, and Anna Kendrick coming up, and the big flash of plan, flandemic smears of blood across the wall, and big plumes of smoke. Except when you zoom out, it's just jam jars and flour. There's going to be <laughs> people sword fighting with baguettes. Someone's going to be snorting some jelly. Don't know why. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> felt fun. How is the world to a point where we snort jelly? (laughs) (laughs) And is it jelly powder or do they make it into a jelly and then chop it up into little jelly lumps and snort it? Because jelly powder would make more sense. I was thinking just a pot of jelly, but you could do jelly powder. I mean, if it's powder, you might as well go into delight, right? Maybe. I don't know. Um, So... I think what we should do... Do you have any other ideas? But I think what we should do is is the other two people can do a bit of a Dragon's Den on here and say they're in on this idea or they're not. <coughs> I did have another idea, but I've only written down the plot. Go on. Uh, it's a Pixar-style animation. A lonely virus wants to make more <laughs> friends, unaware of the implications. Oh. Every time he gets close to another person, they die. <laughs> <laughs> Kids film, right? Well, yeah. I haven't got a name. Can think of anything as good as Flandemic. So I stopped. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that plot line first, thought of Flandemic and thought, how can I turn this into into a cookery program? So I've had to count that one. Oh, the poor little, poor little COVID. It'd be like Inside and Out, but... If anyone could do it, Pixar could do it. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Pixar could give it some good meaning about... Uh, what do they normally do uh, about being true to yourself and you're never alone really not when you've got really resonates with yeah. you Andy doesn't it what, Pixar yeah. or, or death with their messages <laughs> yeah be yourself even if you kill people even if you're a narcissistic prick you still have mates <laughs> welcome to Pixar um, I, I, I wouldn't fund the kids one just Merely because it's the kids' one. Um, the other one, the Flandemic. Um, I, <laughs> I would fund it if Paul Hollywood made a cameo in it. Oh, Paul Hollywood's definitely in it. If he's on board, then I, I would have fund this film. Who do you think the uh, teenage thugs are working <gasps> for? Paul Hollywood. Plot twist. Plot twist. Wow. What? What? Um, <laughs> what skills of coming up with that on the spot you have? <laughs> Thank you. My whole work life is bullshitting things. Um, also, think about how well Sharknado did 
people just watch that because of the title. You give them Flandemic, yeah. that's probably 30 quid you're getting from that. It's true. Total sales? Total sales. <laughs> yeah, but the box office worldwide, 45. Flandemic. You did have C- CGI shocks and that. Yeah, but mate, you've got Paul Hollywood as a thug and... Uh, <laughs> I've I've got a tagline here that I don't remember writing. Crude, lewd, and full of food. <laughs> so yeah, I'd fund it. <laughs> I'd fund it if we could change Michael Sarah because I am not a fan. Sorry, Michael. Here's the thing about a Michael Sarah and a Kendrick film is that they're both quite funny, but they haven't made their reputation on being funny. So they could deliver all the good jokes and they could hit all the good points, but that's not how they're necessarily known. I just don't like him. Well, it's a good thing you're not the director, isn't it? Jesus. Well, that's why you're not getting my money. You can oh, have money point. for the kids one. Good point. <laughs> it's like a mix between Mad Max and Superbad, this film, and a chicken for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Muppet movie. <laughs> Ooh, I'll fund it. If we can make the chicken, if Marjorie can be played by Gonzo's friend, Camilla, the chicken, then I'm in. You can keep Michael Sarah if I can have Camilla. Uh, this is getting a bit out of hand now, isn't it? You're making it unrealistic. Why would there suddenly be a Muppet? Pandemic's it's a real life. Of we're, living in a, we're living in a pandemic. We ran out of eggs. They had to go and get some, and suddenly you want a puppet chicken. I can't believe I wrote a real movie. What are you trying to say? <laughs> this is a real... I would honestly see this in a heartbeat. Again, purely on the title, I would go and see it. Yeah, when it goes straight to sci-fi, then I'll watch it. Not giving you any money. <laughs> what a burn. <sighs> Outrageous. The other one I have was um, a horror film. This is actually a real-life experience that happened to me last week. Um, the horror film is called Mind the Gap. And it's... <laughs> It's based off a real life experience I had when I was shopping in Morrison's, uh, where I was like looking and browsing and Morrison's doesn't really have, sorry, Morrison's to put you down. You don't really have a great social distancing thing going on, but, uh, every, I was like looking at veg or something and a guy kept like walking up next to me, like to look at what I was looking. And then I moved away like for fuck's sake. And then I moved to somewhere else. And then he came right up next to me. And it's meant to be about this guy who constantly is coming up between social distancing in between me, and that's the horror film. Like it follows, but less sex-based. Yeah. It, there, doesn't like, have, there doesn't have to be. There can still be the same amount of sex in it. He could be in my bed when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he spreads the virus. Snowballing. And he doesn't say anything, just looks, in, looks at me and just kind of stares. Um, that was, well, that's a rejected one. Uh, and then there was, I had other ideas called like meters apart for a romance or something. I did come up with one or two. Um, uh, one of them is a Blade Runner remake because technically Blade Runner is set in nine, uh, 2019. Yep. So why don't we reboot it so that Harrison Ford played as Deckard instead of chasing androids, he's chasing the assholes who break social distancing rules. That I would watch. <laughs> Until he realizes he's been breaking social distancing rules this oh. whole movie. Well, you could do like a Robocop Terminator reboot type going around yeah. and getting all the 
all the people doing the fucking conga or whatever they're doing. <laughs> the conga. <laughs> did you not see all those people on the news? They did a social distancing conga. Oh yeah, yeah, really yeah. Cool. yeah. You yeah. could, oh, you could do it all about a conga competition and call it dirty dancing. Good night. Wow. Could you? <laughs> no, there's no mic drop there. No, no. My Damn. actual one I came up with though is called <laughs> is called the last wipe, and the the synopsis is is the last toilet roll has just been used by the president. Just the president. Just the president. And everyone is now adapting to wiping their arses with other things. So, starring Tom Cruise <laughs> um, as a agent who investigates rumors of illegal toilet roll activity, because obviously there's no more toilet roll left. So, anyone who's, like, kept any toilet roll is kind of, like, forced to kind of give it up in this, like, weird kind of uh, I don't know. <laughs> Weird world where they're like, if you have any toilet roll, you must give it up to the government because they need to hoard it all together. Even Andrex puppies, the adverts have changed the advert from them actually using toilet roll to them wiping their arse with the dog that is used <laughs> from the Andrex toilet. So now you see Andrex toilet roll commercials go on. It's just those little cute little puppy Labradors getting wipes off That's someone's arse. making more mess. <laughs> Because then you have to wipe your butt, and then you have to clean the dog. You don't have to clean the dog. Yes, you do. You do the same thing. You just flush it. <laughs> oh, <get> that far. <laughs> I don't know um, what to do with you today. <laughs> I really want to put Morgan Freeman in here, probably as a blind deaf man who tunes pianos and yes. runs an ice cream store either way. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Tom Cruise and Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman being the guy who's thinking that, like, oh no this is all wrong and then Tom Cruise is just like I'm just a guy just trying to do my job and then he realises halfway through the film that everyone should have toilet roll and the end of the film is them like you know how you have sheets of toilet roll mm-hmm. um, where people use a lot like at one go everyone starts like recycling not recycling no wrong word people start like using those sheets as like an indicator of how many you're allowed to have and then everyone's allowed to have equal amounts of sheets the end <laughs> credits are up <laughs> yeah the pandemic was unrealistic they don't <laughs> think of alternative things like b-days or anything like that then well everyone's stuck in their house still you gotta imagine the coronavirus is still okay. going on and no one has been able to manufacture new toilet rolls so what's the closest thing in their house of course it's their cats and pets and dogs and stuff. i'd still okay. just wash my butt in the shower Yes, yeah, what showers are for? I think I think I would do that before I wiped my ass on Brody. But why why did everyone buy loads of toilet roll if that was the case? Because they're, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. You got Sorry. to the point. Yeah. To get to. <laughs> Who's gonna um, play the president? Uh I'm thinking Jack Nichols. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, he'd be he took a good job. He'll have this if he has like the shining face. He's like, yeah, I just used the last bit of toilet roll. Yeah, <laughs> is that how he gets in and out of the toilet? He knocks it down with an axe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's poopy. Um, <laughs> 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 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just think either the Blade Runner one or the Last Wipe. I just like again, like Andy, I like the Last Wipe as a title. I was just like, yeah, that would be that'll do. And uh, yeah, that's that's my pitches for uh, coronavirus. I would be prepared to buy into the Last Wipe, but. Uh, I don't know what I'm thinking about here. I sort of had a point and then forgot about it. I got. Do you know what happens? What happened was I was thinking I don't really want Tom Cruise in it, and then I got angry that Tom Cruise was in a made-up film. You just had a fucking film about a fucking chicken. That's the last remaining chicken or hen or whatever. And that's going around, oh, we got to protect the chicken to make a flag. Yeah, but that's a bit lighthearted fun. Tom Cruise always makes everything so serious. Yeah, that's why he needs to be in this film, because it's a serious thing. That's the whole point of it. It's like, he's the most, he he will take this role so seriously. He won't wipe his own arse for six months just to get into character (laughs) for this agent. He's not a method actor. He, what? No, he does do this. Oh, he, all right, he does stunts. So let me think of a stunt. So he's, I don't know, he's, he's, um, there was a building with toilet roll. Yeah, it's only using like a sheet, the last sheet of toilet roll available. He's hanging off it. He'd get in so much trouble. It's for one that, They'd be like, why didn't you use a rope? We've got loads of rope. We don't have any toilet roll. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> like, just because we don't have enough toilet roll, everything else that exists, I assume. He tracks the la- okay. He tracks the last guy with the last remaining toilet paper in, I don't know, um, in in Sweden. Let's just say, and there's a giant building in Sweden, and the guy he finds the guy with the last remaining toilet paper, and they're up on top of this building, and he pushes Tom Cruise, but Tom Cruise can't doesn't he can't grab anything, so he grabs the sheet of toilet paper, and he falls off the building. And he's hanging off the building with the sheet of toilet paper. And then everyone sees this, and this is when people turn on Tom Cruise. Because they think Tom Cruise is wasting toilet paper by hanging off a building with it. <laughs> but, okay, uh, okay. You're welcome, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I don't want to keep digging down this hole, but I'm going to. I'm going to keep going. I've got questions. Yeah, go on. Why would Tom Cruise be on the side of the government? Surely he would want to liberate all the toilet roll. Because someone must have a supply of it. He's always a government yeah, he's, spy, isn't he? Yeah, I don't really want to he's a, In every Tom Cruise film, he's never the villain because he pays yeah. enough money that he doesn't have to. So, yeah, he can't be a bad Scientologist. They don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get shut down now. We're getting shut down. Um, No, I want them to keep doing Scientology so I can keep watching documentaries about it. So as you were, Scientologists, I'm good. Me too. Yes. Please keep doing it. But Tom Cruise, what's his arc as a character? If he starts as a dude who obeys the government as an agent and then shuts people down and nicks their toilet roll to give to the government... Does he do that throughout the whole film? Or does he have a redemptive arc where he's like, oh no, actually, we should be giving toilet roll to the poor and the people who are wiping their asses on cats and dogs. Because that would endear him to both the audience. Why am I still talking about this? <laughs> he he is a man who um, has a tragic past, of course, and he doesn't remember it that much, but he has flashbacks throughout the film and you kind of see them come up and now and again every time he sees a toilet roll he goes ah and like there's a flashback um he had a traumatic experience with a with a a toilet roll um where that 
the toilet roll nearly suffocated him when he was in the, the shower. And just like Neil Breen in the previous episode, he has one of those dramatic, oh no, and like he's falling over the place, knocking shit over. And he actually like hates toilet roll, but he doesn't remember that because he got knocked unconscious when that happened and he woke up in the hospital bed. Question. He got yes, almost suffocated by a toilet roll in the yeah. shower. Yes. But I'm the glad. toilet roll didn't disintegrate in the water. Yeah, I'm no, glad you brought that up because I was no, about no, to that's, that. That's a fair point, and I'll tell you why. Okay, so he's in the shower, and you know how you're always looking for a towel when you're in the shower, and you always get that classic movie scene where there's someone in the shower and they put their arm out, and they're like, "Oh, it's still washing my hair," but they put their arm out outside the shower curtain looking for the towel. Instead of the towel, he grabs some toilet paper and then proceeds to put it like on him, like he was going to dry himself, and then he realizes that it's. It's now becoming wet toilet paper that gets lodged in his mouth, and it's because it's wet, it suffocates him. Because wet toilet paper would suffocate you if it fell in your mouth, guys. Why don't you understand that this is a legitimate movie? Okay, I'm pitching here. All I'm thinking is that Tom Cruise is playing a fucking idiot, and this is now a comedy. (laughs) I mean, I would pay money to see Tom Cruise act choking on a toilet, a wet toilet roll. Yeah, like if anyone could to, could make that realistic, I reckon it's him. He spent six months eating toilet roll to prepare himself for this role. He fucking knows what he's doing. He does his own stunts, so he does. He what is a stunt? And his stunt is waterboarding himself with toilet roll. Yep. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. I know, but. It's, I'm, I'm giving you answers. You ask me questions, yeah. I give you answers. I, you I will fund it. I will fund it if he overcomes his fear of toilet rolls after being suffocated by a wet piece of toilet roll after getting the shower. And has... No, no, no. no the, the reason... Sorry. The reason, sorry. Wait. The reason he overcomes it is he realises he was using cheap... I'm not... I don't have anything against recycled toilet paper everyone. but he was using cheap recycled toilet paper and he wasn't using like luxury toilet paper and he realizes that oh shit i should buy more luxury toilet paper to stop okay. himself so he's definitely a fucking idiot then for just using one ply instead of a quilted four ply if you give him uh, if you give him that arc where he comes around to it and he then liberates all the toilet roll for everyone apart from the president uh then I'm on board and I will give you $100 million to fund. Wow. Generous, Penny. No? <laughs> I don't. Fuck. There was a very slow head shake there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what just happened. Um, is yeah, it I the mean, animals? Is it the animals? It's yeah, I'm, the not, animals. I'm not up for people wiping their butts on poor defenseless animals. So, what if it was something small like a guinea pig? No, because who wants a guinea pig that smells like shit running around your house and we're not flushing them down the toilet? We are keeping them. <laughs> but did you know if you shave a guinea pig, it looks like a tiny hippo? So that I'm into. No, but I do know a couple of guinea pigs, so I will sneak in and shave them at some point without them knowing. <laughs> pig so it didn't happen. Poor, they may be listening to this podcast. <laughs> poor Bruno and Buttercup. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, if you can take out the animal cruelty, then I'm in right. for some money. Uh, for toilet roll money. Yeah, I'll supply all the toilet roll. 
That's fine with me. I, I had like the other idea was to do Scarface, but have him instead of cocaine have toilet roll. <laughs> <laughs> Which works probably better than this film, but either way. Yeah. Uh, do you have a title, Petty, for yours? No, and I'm also just really sad that one's not funny. No, um, on. To be fair, though, as I was trying to think of a title, all I came up with was My Corona, because I sing that to the tune of My Sharona brilliant. all the time. <laughs> But it doesn't really work because I wrote a proper movie. <laughs> Serious just, slander going on. I can't believe you don't think the Flandemic or The Last Wipe are proper films. There's no animal fair, cruelty in Flandemic. No, it's true. To be fair, I was so traumatised after our Out of the Hat movie, I could not think of anything funny. So I just came up with a <laughs> like a proper action movie. <laughs> I really like conspiracies. Like, I don't necessarily believe them, but I fucking love conspiracy theories. So uh, I basically went with the kind of uh, corona was engineered in a lab by the government um, to cull the population to help lower climate change, which is a real conspiracy theory, so I didn't even think of it, to be fair. But yeah, rather than getting the governments around the world and big corporations to stop, you know polluting the air and climate change and all these things they're like yeah we'll just manufacture corona give it to the world and get rid of all the poor and sick people and then we won't have to change anything i think she's she's on to something i I am i am immediately thinking resident evil yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, however uh, that's not a bad thing because you can make a good resident evil film finally yeah Um, thank god yeah and it would be amazing because Timothy Oliphant would be the lead and I love him and he's great. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, I like him. He's got really good eyebrows too. Okay, I hadn't noticed, but, but I mean, I Dan, like his acting Dan's talent. I don't know who he is. Uh, yes, you do. Yeah. He I know was, his face. So. He was, was he the first Hitman? He was in the first Hitman film, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He yeah. was also in Die Hard 4. Was he? Yes, he was. He was the Uh, main villain. The TV show Justified, and he was in Scream Two, which is where my love for him comes from. Yeah, that's kind of all I really had. Like, it starts out in Asia. You know, they're testing it out. Timothy Oliphant is like an ex-cop, probably, and now he lives in China. I didn't want to say China in case that was racist, but (laughs) Asia. He lived in Asia. Asia Asia works. Asia. And he's like a security guard, but kind of he's connected to like the shady parts of Asia. Uh, <laughs> We're going to get banned today. Yeah. Asia. I'm going yeah. with, I was going with a serious fact-based film without flans and toilet roll. I'm sorry. I'm totally with you. I'm on board. Yep. I haven't said a bad word against it so far. No, no. Um. And basically, he hears the rumours about labs and stuff, and, you know, he has to stop it before the world ends up like it is right now. Why Why him? Because he's the only one that's heard about it, and he's an ex. <laughs> oh, you were doing so well. I don't really oh. watch I said to Andy, I don't really watch films like this either, so I'm not particularly great at it. But I did have, like, I have a cast list. The guy who the guy who runs the lab is B D Wong because he's amazing. He's an incredible actor. And then I was going to have. Why are we sniggering? 
<laughs> these people. How do you not know these people? I don't know. Maybe they're from like the horror films that you watch and stuff. <laughs> that I, BD I Wong, Mr. Yeah, I, I was laughing at Dan's eyes dying across the room when you said BD Wong. <laughs> what else is he in? Someone IMDb him. Uh, he was in Jurassic World, uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic oh, yeah, World. Jurassic World. He's the the bad lab guy in that. So I've. He was up. in Mulan. <laughs> oh yeah, that film. Um, oh yeah, I think I recognise him. He was yeah, in. <laughs> he was in Slappy and the Stinkers. <laughs> Sorry, what? Slappy and the, the Stinkers. Is that? Is Slappy and the Stinkers. I think it is about a. Uh, sea lion. It's about a sea lion. There you go. Oh yeah, I remember that sea lion. That's not the first one, I don't think. This sounds like Andy's film. Enrolled in an educational summer camp, the stinker is five-year-olds, set five, seven-year-olds who wreak havoc on their uptight headmaster decide to abduct a sea lion from the local aquarium <laughs> with the goal of returning it to the sea. It sounds like your chicken film, man. <laughs> It sounds like my life. I swear oh, okay. in the 90s there were like a bunch of sea lion films. Yeah, there was also Flipper. Yeah, was. Yeah, it's like up to Free Willy, everyone went, let's think of a good film about a sea animal. Fuck it, we'll do yeah. a sea lion. How about we do a dolphin? Let's do some manatees. I mean, it's bullshit. <gasps> oh my God, is there a manatee movie? I love manatees. I would watch that right now. I don't know. There's probably some... <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, I would literally leave. And this pause podcast. the recording. Yeah. We're uh, watching films about sea cows. I had a scientist written down and a couple of actors for like his connections, but I also just have written down Natalie Dormer because I love her and any way I could cram her into this movie would be great. So she can be the journalist. She can be a journalist. Yeah. Big tick. All right. yeah. I'm, I'm actually in for this one. This sounds quite interesting. I would be in for it. I'm fairly certain a film will be made similar to this yeah. in a few years' time. It won't time. be called My Corona though, will it? Sadly. No. We'll think of a better title. Um, I did have one other idea and it was basically Crank or Speed because I haven't seen Crank um, <sighs> where he eats a bat and he has to find a cure for Corona before he dies. <laughs> uh, okay. That's, I found that. <laughs> I would watch that. I mean, if it was similar to Crank, I'd fucking watch anything because that film is yeah. batshit, but it's so good. Yeah, someone yeah. sent me. I had to, I had to go in my group WhatsApp and ask what the name of it was because I hadn't seen it. And then someone sent me a clip of Crank Two, where Jason Statham has to rub himself on a granny to make yeah. static electricity. It's so good. So I might it's watch it. So fucking good. <laughs> yeah. So you can just have like it can just be called Corona, and he's he's eaten. They force feed him a Corona bat. Which is a little insensitive, so we might have to think of something else. But yeah, he has to find a cure before the bat explodes in him or something. If he goes less than 50 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) That's the important bit. Yep. I mean, I would watch that, genuinely. Because it, uh, I, I just can't stop thinking about Crank at the moment now. I was thinking about it last week as well. I was annoyed that I hadn't put it in the hat. Um, I'm going to watch it later. I might have done it. I might have done it. God, I hope so. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Well, we've watched two, so eventually we'll need to put more in the hat. That's true. We'll definitely put Crank one and two, I think. 
I mean, Crank 1 is the best for me, but like Crank 2 is just as mad. Yeah, say. you can't watch Crank 2 without Crank 1, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. It's just yeah, the way yeah. he was just like rubbing himself on his granny. And oh, it gets, it gets weirder. I mean, there are some fucking weird bits in the second one. <laughs> so, um, out of all our films, <laughs> which one do you think is the most successful, guys, as a collective? I think the Pens film, except I, I think... it's really generic. Yeah, but that's the sort of shit that The Rock would make and make, like, 70 million... <laughs> Yeah. That's not enough. Seven hundred million—that might be too much. Pounds. <laughs> I think if you swapped out Timothy, I mean, you can keep Timothy Oliver in it, Always. but not as the star. You need like a draw, like a big star to draw him in, like your Tom Cruise or uh, The Rock. I think one of those, yeah. and you'd be making a shit time. I mean, look at fucking skyscraper. That was a piece of shit. At least yours has got a narrative. Timothy Oliphant is underrated. He's amazing. Well, no, I agree with you. I really like him, but yeah. he's just not a big enough box office draw. No. Um, I think There's that, no Tom Cruise in my movie. Sorry, Tom. Uh, don't blame you. I think that and Flandemic are probably the best-selling. I do, I do like the kind of Muppet movie. It's not a Muppet movie. Tree. You've told me it was a Muppet movie. That's not the film that I wrote. No, what that, is this? That's how I would fund it. I like how it's got a Muppet movie cross country. I'm going to make you guys watch the Muppet movie now. Vibe to it. And I'm into that. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. I nearly put, I meant to put Muppets Take Manhattan in the hat as well. Cause that's the best one. <sighs> so Andy's Muppet <laughs> film. <laughs> Fuck Why sake. didn't I think of a Muppet film? I, oh. I mean, I'm going to detach my name from this project. I'm out. <laughs> I'll buy you out. I'll make it as a Muppet movie. Fine. Kermit okay. and Fozzie have got to take Camilla across the country to get her away from, uh, are there any bad guys in the Muppets? Michael Caine. From Michael Caine, <laughs> because he is trying to steal Camilla's ex. Uh, what's more annoying is that that instantly, <laughs> that immediately sounds like a better film and I'm really annoyed. <laughs> That's because Muppets make any film better. I fucking hate the Muppets. <gasps> oh, Andrew, come on. Get out. How dare you? That was inaudible noise. I just <laughs> It's a bit overrated. <sighs> Muppets are great. I'm out. I'm not giving you money for anything you do ever. Do you know I met Kermit the Frog once and it was one of the best days of my life? Yeah, I think you told me. This yep. is a guy with his hand up his arse. I met Kermit and Pepe the Prawn. And when we have our Instagram going, I might put up on our Instagram. But you couldn't see him. He was behind the hand was behind a curtain. It was yeah, very magical. You, you still knew that there was some dude with his hand up a frog. Yeah, yeah but I'm not dead into You get arrested for that sort of shit normally. I can dis- dispel, no, suspend my disbelief for five minutes and have some wonder and joy in my life, Andy. Yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, mean, I, I must say, Randy, like I recently went to, well, before Corona happened, I went to Disneyland Paris and I just went to my girlfriend all the time going, there's a Frenchman under that. There's a Frenchman under that. There's You're the worst person. <laughs> oh, that's genius. Worst. Oh, it's, it's true, though. Like, seems- I, I, I met Loki what's- at Disney in November and it wasn't Tom Hiddleston, but it was still good. Yeah, what's even better is that Penny goes to Disneyland quite often, but you've now planted that seed. So next time she goes, you go, there's a fucking Frenchman in there. To be fair, 
One, we don't go to Disneyland Paris. And two, when we went to Disneyland when I was about 15, the white rabbit touched my butt and it took quite a long time to not be bothered by people in suits. And now you've ruined it again. Whoa, we've touched a nerve here. What the fuck? My sister's friend saw the guy that played Tigger at Disneyland Paris being taken away in handcuffs. <laughs> That's a fucking story. Now we're going to get sued by Disney and Scientologists and China. Oh. Welcome to episode three. I think you've brought all of them up as well. So me and Dad will just continue. We'll get a stand-in. Oh, no. We'll get a fucking Muppet. How about that? We'll get Pepe the Prawn in. The Swedish chef. Pepe the Prawn would be much better than me. You could, special like, guest. you could do like the end of Hatchet. We just cut it off like now, right? And, and then, then we start episode four and it's just a different different person playing me and we make no yeah. reference to it whatsoever. It's Bunsen Honeygee. That was a niche Muppets <laughs> reference, wasn't it? I don't know if it was Beaker. Right, welcome to the Unusual Suspects. You're right, Pen. Me, me. Me, 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 me. No one would know. This has gone downhill, I've been hasn't it? For eight weeks, guys. <laughs> so yeah, this is what happens when isolation kicks in. <laughs> I'm sorry, China. I'm sorry, Muppets. I'm sorry, Disney. I'm sorry, Scientologists. Anyone else? I'm sorry, Tom Cruise. Do you know Tom Cruise has got monkey teeth? <laughs> uh, you might you might have to apologise again. I think. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. If you Google Tom Cruise's teeth, you know he had like janky teeth when he was like before he was famous. When he got his teeth fixed, you know how the middle of your teeth is in the middle of your face? Yeah. You go Tom Cruise, his is like slightly over to one side and it's really weird. <laughs> I'd probably pick and I'd probably pick Andy's film. I, yeah. I like the idea of, of I, I if the Paul Hollywood cameos in there and we do get a good shot a good couple of shots of the flan at the end of the day, <laughs> then uh, I'm pretty pretty good on cinematography there. I think that should be a main key point. Here's the fun thing that I've just realised, right? Michael Sarah and Anna Kendrick would have no idea who Paul Hollywood is. <laughs> <laughs> he just comes in, tastes it and goes, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. People are like, do you know who I am? They go, no. <laughs> you could also, yeah. they could try and make a giant flan to like feed the whole community. That would be nice. And then they could all sing Rainbow Connection at the end because they're Muppets. And hold hands. <laughs> so, uh, let's move on. This is a very different film from what Andy thought in his head. And then Penny just interjected, right, we're, we're going to have the Muppets. Yeah, I feel like... I wonder if I was paying for I, it. I feel like a genuine scriptwriter and she's a fucking producer. She's just fucked it up. <laughs> Still got you're my name sp- on it. <laughs> you're an aspiring writer and then Disney comes along and goes, nope, we're going to have this. <laughs> I thought we were, work- we were workshopping these, so I'm helping. Michael Sarah, do you mean Timothy Oliphant? No, I mean Michael Sarah. Well, no, Tim- Timothy Oliphant's in. It's fine. We've asked him. I was going to say it wouldn't suit him, but have you seen Santa Clarita Diet? He's very funny in that. He could pull it off. Or I'd take Christian Slater because I love Christian Slater too. No, so. no, you're going too far fit. now. No, he would be. He wouldn't fit with the project. I take it back. He could be. Sorry, a, sorry, I mean, Christian he could Slater be a teenage me. thug if you want. <laughs> He'd be a good teenage thug. Yeah. I miss 90s Christian Slater. He's my fave. By now, you've probably all realised that Teenage Thug is just the name. They're not actually teenagers. But now I'm just imagining, like, people Muppets in really baggy trousers with backward hats on. Oh, <laughs> fucking... Achieving the perfect custard tart takes real skill. It's all about texture. 
We're looking for a crispy base and a beautiful silky custard. Let's let's move on. <laughs> they film out of the hats every week. <laughs> Penny's gone. I went last week. Penny's not gone. Um, we every week take a film out of a hat and then we discuss it on the next podcast. So we give each other a week to discuss about it discuss things and watch it um the film last week was one of my choices which was your name which was an anime um out of japan from 2016 became the highest grossing anime behind spirit away it beat the harry potter first film i think in terms of revenue and shit i think the first harry potter film i think might be making that up sorry japan Might they they did come out at different times apologies yeah, we'll do an apology list at the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's one that's been watched by many of people who are kind of in that kind of area of films and stuff. But the fun thing is, is that I've always wanted, especially Andy, because I've known him for a long time, to always watch an anime and give his reaction. So I can't wait for this. So Andy, let, let's let you go first, because I really want to, uh, to to see what you thought about this film. Okay. Spoilers are on, by the way. Spoilers are on now. Um, I'll go through the whole plot if you want, and I'll just pick bits and pieces out. No, 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 don't go through the whole plot. No, no, no. <sighs> Fucking... Just, just tell me how Here's you... my assessment of it. It was absolutely fine. It was a little weak. The narrative was missing bits and pieces. Um, but in terms of animation, it looked very good. I did like that. However, there were some just pointless bits that, that kept coming up and didn't really make sense. Can I just point out that you said in episode one that Unleashed was absolutely fine, and yeah. now you are saying this was absolutely fine? It's my catchphrase. <laughs> I'm just just pointing out that not having seen Unleashed, I assume they are not the same sort of absolutely fine because this was much better. I'm going to be totally honest. I think I'd watch Unleashed again before this. But that's just my personal preference. All right, just making sure. That doesn't mean anything no? at all. It just means that... You hate Japan. Now you have I, to apologize. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Namaste and all that, but well, I did say. Are. Oh yeah, what? Oh yeah. I am the apologize to you and your people. <laughs> that was probably really bad, but that's <laughs> turn this into an anime podcast. Oh, can we? Yeah, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Yeah, so your name, uh, just brief, if people watch it, I guess you watch it if you made this part of the podcast. Um, it's about a boy and a girl who switch bodies and they think they're dreaming about this other person when they switch bodies. In actual fact, they're living each other's lives and they start to realize that they're starting to live each other's lives on every other day of their day. I found out about this film because Mark Commode gave it five stars in The Guardian oh. in 2016, I guess. Um which I've ne- I don't think I've ever seen him give a five star review to anything. I think he obviously has, but I just never read up on it and stuff like that. So I was like, "Fucking hell, an anime film, five stars." I guess the thing about it is, it's set up to be a drama, and this is probably why Andy, you sent me the text of I didn't expect you to like this, Dan. Text that you sent me a few days ago, yeah. where it's set up to be a dramatic kind of well, like a comedy romancey kind of thing, but then at about halfway or 40 minutes or an hour into the film it's kind of takes a turn it becomes what the fuck dan yeah what the fuck dan that that was all i had 
No, when it when it got to that point, literally, what the fuck, Dan? As my soul shattered into a million pieces. Yeah, that was the message <laughs> I got, and I was like, "Yeah, what's he done now?" Um, yeah, as Andy said, that it looks like the art style is pretty phenomenal. I would say, like, it just oh, yes. looks good. It's, it's all hand drawn, everything, no CGI, no nothing. It's all just proper old school hand drawn. There are is a it- few places where the animation is a little bit wobbly. There's near the back end, probably about an hour in, there's two uh, eagles that fly across the screen and you can see um, long tails where they would be moved across the screen. That's probably should have been taken out in post. But I mean, aside from that, it was pretty flawless. I love how the little words say, <laughs> just it's the eagles tail. <laughs> I think it was great, but... <laughs> Got a keen eye. Um, the music, I, I would say, like I, like I honestly, truly think this is one of the best animated films of all time. But I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I think Spirit Away is just, just pips it. Um, Castle. Yeah, I mean, how's how's is there? But it's, it's, it's my favorite. This, yeah. this, it's emo. this is definitely my favorite anime film. But I mean, it's the only one I've ever seen, so it's not tough competition. <laughs> Wow, what a, what a praise to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the best film I've seen in this genre, and this is the only film I've seen in this genre. Yeah, but how many of them have seen Clerks? You know what I mean? Oh, wow, fuck's sake. I knew this was a bad idea <laughs> to put this in the thing. Um, I would say, like, so backgrounds are great. Um, I think another thing that's quite... I, this is the one thing that kind of annoys me with the film as well, especially because the English translation to Japanese is going to be different and the songs as well the songs remind me of stuff out of Team America (laughs) but like the English there's a there's a Japanese version of these songs but they translate it to English and because the words don't really rhyme when they sing it sounds like it's a bit like all over the place like it's like well it was the same it was the same band who, who did both Red Wimps Radwimps. Radwimps. Yeah, it it did remind me of quite sort of unimaginative, basic pop punk sort of stuff. And vocally, they were a bit flat in a few places. Um, Penny doesn't agree. Uh, this is why she takes the pictures and I do the writing. <laughs> oh, I love anime and you're... This is also probably why I'm about to lose my job as a writer at (laughs) Pugtastic. See, maybe I didn't notice the music because I have been watching a lot of anime this week. And with anime, the series, they tend to change their uh, credit songs like every half a series. So you'll have like two for one part. And so a lot of the music is a bit strange with the translations and stuff so i don't really notice it's it's one of the things that came across to people especially converting it to english it's the one thing that people go i didn't like but yeah you you're right because uh there's a anime series i watched called steins gate which halfway through that great halfway through that they changed the vocals and everything and the lyrics and all that kind of stuff bye andy (laughs) um let's talk about anime for an hour yeah. Go. Okay, so Andy, as a first, is this yeah. actually your first anime you've watched? Because I'm uh, really intrigued. To see apart how you think from about it. apart from One Punch Man, 
Yes. So Mitsuha and Taki, as Dan has said, they they swap bodies with each other like every few days, but they don't really understand why. And everyone else has noticed it. So her grandma and sister are like, oh, you were really weird yesterday. (laughs) And shit like that. I wish that Um, was the voice. (laughs) (laughs) So so there's obviously like other people are noticing it. They don't know who each other are. They just know that they're swapping... um, bodies so they start like setting rules and creating notes for each other and just doing it said like they knew what the priorities were and stuff and what they've been up to like Mitsuha sets up (laughs) she sorts out a date with a waitress uh, because she fixes her skirt with a cute little flower and hedgehogs while she's in Taki's body. Yeah. Turns out the boss is into it, which is why, right? I love that take on like the Freaky Friday type thing where, you know, Freaky Friday and they know they usually know each other. And this, they were like in completely different towns and they didn't know who they were. And I loved it that they were communicating with each other and writing notes and leaving things in diaries and stuff. When I originally thought it was just a Freaky Friday style movie, I really liked that take on it. I like how they, yeah, they, 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 in the end, I know I'm skipping ahead, but they like, they fall in love with each other because they live through their own lives and they're so different because one of them lives in the city and one of them lives in the countryside. And they also try to improve or try to do things that they think will help them, like get him a girlfriend yeah. or try to be more confident at school and all that kind of stuff. So I like that side of it as well. Yeah. They weren't just touching each other's genitals and trying to fuck with each other. Which I is mean, they were weird. doing that every day. It's well. Japan. <laughs> if you were in someone else's body, you'd probably try and mess with them a bit. And they were. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> or I'm just a terrible person. Take it. <laughs> no, I'm just biting my tongue. But so Mitsuha's grandma is like really traditional, right? So she does all the like um, traditional dancing and stuff and all the uh, Shinto... Cord stuff in what Dan said it's basically so you know sake the drink that you have in Japan yes yeah I I I mean I worked all this out because I watched the film (laughs) yeah I know I'm just it's it's fermented rice isn't it it's they chew up rice spit it into a bottle it ferments and then hello you've got some sake yeah which wrap it up in a bow fucking grim that is pretty gross, to be fair. When he was like, I'm going to drink this, I was like, you do know it's her spit, though. <laughs> so many spoilers. It was a bit like, Ugh. it's like cold, fermented spit that's like three years old. Guys, we're going to have to apologize to Japan again. <laughs> I can't wait to go back to Japan. Don't, I don't want to, I don't want them to not let me in. They start to like fall in love with each other just by living through each other's lives, which I think is a little bit weird. I don't think that's a real thing, but who knows? Um, you don't think them falling in love with each other is a real thing I think if you're living someone else's life why would you fall in love with that person that you've just become that's fucking narcissism at its core why do I keep bringing everything back to narcissism that's another question also didn't they fall in love because he tried to save her from dying no it's it's a combination of things it's it's they saw each other's lives in their shoes but at the same time he tacky realised that Misaha was spoilers straight ahead she's like gonna die you know or died technically i I think it's it's more of a case it's not traditional like it's so it's this weird film in terms of traditional romancey 
anime ones, especially. This really should have been a live action film. Like, there's no, like, most Japanese animes, you would have some fantasy element, or, and I know there's, like, you know, the whole aspect of, in a way, time travel, and there's, you know, the linking between them and all that kind of stuff. But it's got a weird way of approaching love, because in Japan, of course, love is kind of a bit of a taboo between young people. Like her, her friend. He was like, that's not proper. When, when yeah. he was in her body and she's kind of not being very ladylike with one of her other friends, he's like, oh, that's not proper. Don't get close to me, like to yeah. a boy. Like, that's not, yeah. that's not right. You're not of, like, you're of, um, what's the word they use? Marital age or something. Like, oh, you're yeah, of yeah. marital age, yeah. Um, so it's weird that this became one of the biggest films of all time in Japan because I think it's just co- sort of a thing where they weren't making films like this. Well, let's let's take a step back to work out how we get to that bit that we all went, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll so, talk about the what the fuck bit. So, Taki work, uh, he is an architectural artist, uh, drawer, drawer, uh, whatever. He draws buildings and shit. <laughs> Anime. <laughs> he remembers the view from uh, Mitsuha's house, temple. She lives in a temple, I think. Yeah. She's in a temple with her grandma. So he yeah. works out where it is somehow and then goes to visit that place to see her. And when he gets there, he discovers that it has been decimated by a comet three years ago. Get that smug look off your face. Yeah, why are you smiling all the time? <laughs> I'm just... 5,000 people died in that comet accident, Andy. You sick bastard. Fucking chase a film. You're a film. Anyway, so she's dead and uh, uh, sort of struggles to cope with it. So he goes, having lived bits of her, pieces of her life, he goes back. You've got your hand up, yes? The, this is where the plot hole you probably put in here, that um, they exchange texts. This is where yeah. the plot hole begins. This is where I was like, wait a minute, the text messages? How would that work then? If there's text messages going between them. I, they weren't I texting each other. No, originally. No, originally. No, originally I wrote that like they were doing the whole notebook thing and they were leaving notes and leaving notes for each other and writing on each other. And I wrote down in big letters, why don't they just call each other? And then he does, he does. Yeah. And it doesn't work, but that's later on because obviously she's, she's already dead, but they don't try and call each other when you think it's just freaky Friday. They don't text each other because that made me really annoyed as I want to call each other. But But even if he called her, she wouldn't pick up, right? Because she'd be already dead. Yeah, but I don't she think tried to call tried. him and it didn't connect. No, he called her. Both she happened. Never called him. Both happened. Oh. She called him as well and it didn't connect. On the same bridge. Well, I wouldn't call someone if I just, you know, pen paled them, you know. I wouldn't call them true. But if you were in their body and yeah. you'd likely played with their anatomy, you would definitely, <laughs> you would definitely call them. Rather than leaving a note, you'd be like, hey, I've set you up for a date tomorrow. Don't forget. Yeah. Rather than leaving a note to find. Or I've bought us a little present. It's in the top drawer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get it. Yeah. So she's dead. She died in a comic crash. He sort of doesn't cope with it. He's with the waitress, his colleague mm-hmm. and his mate. Um, and he falls asleep and dreams about her. And then he's like, oh, hang on a second. There's a five magic point tree or something. It reminded me of a roundabout in Brighton. Um so he goes to find that, and that is where she's put her fermented rice spit sake under the tree. He then yep. drinks it. 
Because it's half of her. Yeah, but without hesitation, he's like, this has been here at least three years. I'm just going to knock this back. This fucking yakko-looking piece of shit. He knocks it back like it's nothing. She's half of him and he's half of her. And then the socket, and he doesn't, he only, it's only like a bottle cap full. Remember the bat? Remember the ribbon on his hand? That was given away in the beginning. In the opening credits, that's given away. And I'm like, Why? Why do they... They didn't have to put that in there. It's showing you that she already went to go see him. That was actually the first part of this timeline, is her going to see him. Because think about it. It was three years ago. And that's why he didn't remember her. I understand that. I understand that. But putting in the opening credits was largely irrelevant. No, because they flashed flashed back to it anyway, so it was largely irrelevant. If he just had it and said, I don't know where I got this from, that would have worked better instead of being like, oh, uh, yeah, they meet at some point and now they don't know who each other are. And now. What have you got against Muppets and cartoons, Andy? Oh, it's fucking bollocks, Penny. It was shit. It just just took away from like the. uh, The problem I had is that I didn't know when it started. I didn't know if that was part of it or if that was. Or if it started afterwards. So having that bit totally out would have brought the narrative. Oh, I keep talking about narrative. It would have just made it feel better. Anyway, so he's got this band that she used to have in her hair. She then cut her hair off. Um, Women always do that when they're stressed out or having like a crisis. They always yeah. do something weird to their hair. I was half expecting him to get a tattoo because that's what we do. But you know why she cut her hair off? That's why I shaved my head. I don't know why she cut her hair off. There was no explanation. Because she went to go see him the day after, and then she came back realizing she, he didn't remember her. She got really upset, cut yeah. her hair. Girls do weird shit when they're sad to do weird shit to their hair when they're sad. Is that's that why, why she cut it off? Yeah. yeah. I hadn't that's really why. worked out that it was before that she had long hair when she went to see him. I hadn't noticed. Yeah. By that point, I was like... You had two flashbacks to it, and you didn't realize. <laughs> no. Well, I didn't notice her hair, I'll be honest. That was one of my only notes, is that she had a crisis and was sad, so she cut her hair like all women do. <laughs> they even make, I think they even say it in the film or something. Oh, it must be a boy or something, I think that's yeah. what they say. Anyway, so he drinks the spit, uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> then he collapses and goes through this weird fever dream with loads of cords and comets and stuff, and then he sees her life progress as a baby, understands why her dad walked out. It's because her mu- her mum died. Her dad is also the mayor. No one's touched on that yet. Um, then he sees the death of her mother, the her dad walking out, and then finally the comet hitting him from her perspective. Oh, which was horrible and sad. Did it make you laugh, Andy? No, I was. Well, I didn't know what I was looking at. It was mental. Then he wakes up as her, and he somehow saved her life. It's, what, the day before? No. <laughs> God damn. I'm putting all the animes out of my fucking list. Hang on. Or at least time-traveling animes. Don't um, make him watch Steinsgate. It'll confuse the fuck oh out of him. Oh, my God. Steinsgate would fucking drive him insane. Um, so, no. She has... Because he's now drank the spit, as you put it... She's now half of him is inside her, so she immediately clicks back into her as Taki because half of her was in the bottle. She drinks it. Now she's back in as Taki. She goes up to the mountain and she stares out and goes, "Oh my god, my village is gone." Mm. So it's the present day. She's yep. in his body, realizing, "Oh god." The- and that's why they ran past each other 
on the rim of the crater originally because they couldn't see each other and then they could in Magic Hour. Yeah. He wakes up as Mitsuha on the day of the comet. That's exactly what I said. And you went, oh, he's going to confuse him. I know what I'm talking about. You're just being dickheads. <laughs> Great comic. So they, so he, go, <laughs> he goes up. Taki as Mitsuha goes up to the crater to overlook. No, he goes up to the magic tree to overlook the crater and they see each other. Yep, they pass each other and then they snap they back finally, into their own bodies. And finally meet properly. They finally meet and dear God, I cried like a bitch when this happened. Yep. <laughs> oh, I, know, I, I know you did, Andy, too. I, I know you did, Andy. I know you did. You were just trying to hide your emotions. Let them out. Let them out, Andy. Come on. Here's what I thought when that initially happened. This is a safe space. What I thought was, well, this is fucking inconvenient. Uh, yeah, I would like. I would like to say to everyone. I would like to hope. Oh, you may think that this is a character that Andy is putting on. <laughs> this is not. This is like the Carl Pilkington. No, this is actually what he's like. So there you go. Thank you. Now you move on. Quite an important part of this film is uh, sort of Twilight Witching Hour. That's magic that's when they the, the magic golden hour is when they first meet, right? You'd know that if you're a photographer. Well, we just hating each other. So. <laughs> I know it because I watched the film and they banged on about it 40 times. But I... <sighs> <laughs> so anyway, Taki and <laughs> meet each other for the first time. And uh, they realize that they need to go and save those... Well, save her town. So she has to go try and convince her dad, uh, the mayor, to, the mayor, to before, uh, before they do that, when they meet each other for the first time, yeah. they write their names on each other's hand. So yes. she writes her name on his hand, and he doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> she, she doesn't write her name. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. She disappears. She disappears. Yeah, which uh, made me laugh because the pen just dropped out of there. Obviously, it that made was me laugh for that bit. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure at that point she said, "Oh, you're the one who's been inside me," and that also made me laugh. Yeah, that made, <laughs> that made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> but uh, then I laugh when anyone, anytime anyone says like "semi," so it's not surprising. Uh, and instead of writing his name on her hand, he writes "I love you," and that's the bit that I think got both of you the most yeah. upset. Oh yeah, definitely. I was, I wasn't I was quite that. upset when I found out she was dead. To be fair. Yeah, I was quite upset from like then onwards. I always thought, though, at the start of the film, because because they weren't near each other or they were in two different places, I always thought there was some degree of like there's something they're not telling us. They're related, they're not, like yeah, or you know what I mean. Like there was something, yeah. uh, especially the comet at the start, and I was like, "What's the comet got to do? Oh, why is their town look like a giant crater? What the fuck?" And I was thinking, "Uh, okay." Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there, it's it's not like. I don't know how to put a film. It's 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 a it is a romance film, definitely. I would say it's a romance film, but it does have degree of like like suspense and twists, especially that you just don't expect in a film like this, especially yeah. with I guess 
anime romance you take a look and like we'll go for the andy example you say if i give him an anime romance film and say oh andy it's the best anime romance film you ever watched you probably wouldn't expect half the things that happen in this film to happen in this film speaking of things that happen so we continue on this fucking effort to finish the plot he's got things to say no i've got nothing to say but we're sort of leaving it midway through anyway so they get back from that weird thing where they met each other she draws a line on his hand he puts i love you she can't remember his name um neither of them can remember each other's name i didn't really get their dynamic anyway made me sad it's called your name (laughs) so (laughs) clues in the title all the notes faded away and stuff and it was sad they couldn't remember each other actually i tell a lie the second that they sort of stopped seeing each other they could remember each other's name and she was running down the street shouting his out he said hers aloud and instead of writing it down like a fucking idiot he just forgot it anyway so uh mitsuha tries to blow uh, tries to evacuate her town so that they don't all die not sure why i love there. sorry she gets some machine guns and- <laughs> side note tashi's dog is a good boy i've got that in my notes uh the evacuation doesn't work it goes badly no one leaves and the comet starts to split and it essentially is the same thing just repeating itself she goes to talk to her dad who's the mayor I th- then you don't really see what happens you assume that the comet well, hits them yeah, and it, there's they a, didn't do anything. It, yeah, they all died. It's implied that nothing, that it's the same old shit. Uh, so, one, one, one thing, I like how the comment is, comet is like, uh, in a weird way, indication of time itself, because the comet is going up and over mm. like this, and then a degree or a bit of it falls out of place, like it's like, like the two of them. time. Yeah, like an alternate timeline. Yeah, Andy picked up on that straight <laughs> I did. I was just trying to work out why you were explaining it that way. Well, there's just there's a lot of metaphors in like in the film, like the obviously the the ribbon in her hair, like the strand and and the the meteor and the, like there's just a lot of different things, especially if you've watched this film four times, which I have, obviously. So, uh, so yeah, it's implied that the the whole town is fucked, and. Taki wakes up on the edge of the mountain and then it jumps forward and he's in a suit looking for a job as an architect. Uh, and he doesn't remember who Mitsuha is. Um, he tries to chase a woman off a train because she's got a red ribbon in her hair. Yeah, again, the thing it made her. me laugh. Isn't it her though? No, not the one on the train. It's just some, well, it might be. Oh, yeah. But it I is. thought it was. It is her. So the town was saved. They're all alive. Or she's alive and her, you know, whatever. They're all alive. There's loads of conspiracy theories about what solved it. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's in a cafe. He hears her mates chatting. And then he sort of has a, like a distant pang of a memory, not the full-blown thing. He's like, oh, that sounds familiar. I recognize that name. He walks past Mitsuha, doesn't recognize him. He hears a pal and sees a ribbon. At one point, they're on separate trains that pull next to each other and they make eye contact and then they just fucking zoom apart again. I had to pause it. (laughs) I I had to pause it again because that really made me... It really got to me. Why? That's how trains work. They pull away in different directions. I I don't know. It just felt a bit obvious and a bit of a cliche. Hey, look, if I've got to ruin films for myself, I've got to ruin them for you too as well. (laughs) Uh, So the, the closing scene is them walking past each other on a set of stairs. He hears the ribbon and the bell that she's got in her hair. Oh, I was trying to put in a bell end joke and I stopped myself. 
Um, he turns what around. What's with this fucking guy? <laughs> he turns around to talk to her. She's doing a cry. Like I was, sobbing. Andy is laughing again. <laughs> I don't know why I've written she's doing a cry. <laughs> I did a cry. Anyway, she's doing a, a, a cry. And then they both say, at the same time, can I ask your name? And then roll credits. No, he's like, haven't I met you before? And she's like, oh, yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. And then they ask each other's names and then the credits. Yeah, get it right, Andy. Just felt a bit too convenient. Anyway, it was kind of like uh, Freaky Friday meets Life is Strange, but it did feel a bit soft and meaningless. The The twist in it was genuinely quite lovely. I liked that. And it yeah. did have nice, tender undertones. It was just too saccharine for me. It's because you're dead inside. It's fine. I mean, no, that is so. true. But I mean, I'm quite dead inside, but yeah. I cry a lot. So you're also quite emotional and I'm not. I am, yeah. Yeah. It was a hard one to make you cry. I mean, I could probably get another film to try and make you cry about, but, you know. Oh, is that the new challenge? Yeah. Okay, fine. See, now you told him that he won't cry on purpose. Yeah. Or he'll lie. Um, or I'll do it deliberately through something like Die Hard. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Pen, what did you think of the film? I actually didn't have many notes because after the, after the twist, it was literally, I was just in it and watching it. I did find the timelines jumping around a little bit confusing and then working out. And I was like, oh, no, they're back in their own bodies now. Hmm. So, yeah, there were a few bits. I was like, oh, this is a little bit confusing as to where we are and what time is it. And Yeah. But I thought it was lovely. And it yeah. was, yeah, that animation was amazing. And, yeah, I ended up, I ended up just watching it. I was like, I can't. Not that I watch movies to try and pick holes in them, but I literally have six bullet points, including what the fuck, Dan. So Why is it just what the fuck? I don't understand. Just because when I found out she was dead, I was literally like, what the fuck? I was like... I didn't write the film. I just watched it. <laughs> you picked it. I was just... That I just picked it. it. That my soul, picked it. My, my soul kind of shattered, and I was sad. It wasn't really... It was a really lovely film. I mean, I yeah. genuinely have thought about it a few times since watching it and just little bits and pieces I think about. Uh, I was going to say daily, but I only watched it two or three days ago. But I have thought about it most <laughs> days. And it was, it did look amazing. And yeah, the, the general message to it was quite nice. It just lacked something for me. And I can't quite work out what it is. I think it was just too sweet. Yeah, I can't mm. imagine it being your... Sort of. Yeah, that's the only thing is like if you're not used to it, like those kind of films, um, it's going to be a hard sell. But at least you liked it a bit. I think that's a good success. That's the best we're going to get. Look, I would watch it again. I would watch it again. Realistically, it was maybe not straight away. What do you uh, think he'd like better, Spirited Away or House Moving Castle? Spirit. Which, which one do you have less problems with? <laughs> I've been told to watch Cowboy Bebop a lot and um, Akira. Akira I've been told to watch you regularly. haven't seen Akira that's no. like 1982 or something that came out I think. oh I'm very sorry that I haven't seen a film from the 80s I've seen fucking oh, I was going to say Terminator but I think that might be the 90s Akira is blood and guts and really messed up yeah but oh, again it's 
I'm not a huge lover of the animation style in general. Why? See, I don't know. certain anime styles I don't like either. I don't know. Like the kind of older styles I'm not massively keen on. Or when it gets really, um, they've seen like Kill la Kill, and it gets oh, really yeah. kind of, it gets that really simple old look to it in between things. I'm not, yeah. a, massive, not a massive fan. Yeah. Okay. Like my cartoons less cartoony. Yeah, I, I like I like detail. Weirdly, <laughs> I really want Andy to watch a film called Paprika because <laughs> it's it would fuck him up. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, what we get scores on doors, guys? Out of ten, what would Andy? What are you going to give your name? Uh, I'm going to give it. What did I give Hatchet last week? Seven. I think you could say seven as me. Okay, I'd like to lower Hatch's score <laughs> to a six and bump this we got up. A new standard. Bump this I up don't... to an eight. Your name gets an eight. Wow. How do I'm... you? How can you lower? What do the two have to do with each other? I don't. Because we have a standard now of film. What? Because Hatchet was just one film. Now we have two okay. to compare. Yeah. Okay. I think this fundamentally is a better film than Hatchet. It's less fun in places. Hatchet is fucking bonkers. But it was just a really nice film. Still I'm good slightly laugh. the more I'm Wait, talking about it, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm starting to like it, which is weird. Talking, talking yourself into it. Yeah. Yes. Would you have liked <laughs> it more? Don't ask me again. Would you have liked it more if Timothy Oliphant was in it? Seven point five. Oh. For the Timothy Oliphant version. Uh, Penny? Uh, I don't remember what I gave Hatchet. Probably an 8 or a 9. I think you gave it an 8. I, I, think. Think I, gave, I think I started with 9 and then I changed my mind. Um, yeah, I'd give this an 8 because I liked it, but I would have to be in the mood to watch it again. Yeah. Because now I know that it's sad. I was like, uh, this, yeah, I wouldn't watch this all the time. But I liked it a lot. And the music and the visuals and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a ten for me. This yeah. is right behind Spirited Away for me. So, and I think I haven't seen a film, animated or non-animated, like this before. So, yeah, it's, it it does ticks all the boxes for me. Get going! You gotta convince your old man. <laughs> Everybody, get to the high school! Why would terrorists attack way out here? What is Chubo Electric saying? They're still checking. Any update? No wildfires yet? You sure? Got it. Make them stop this broadcast immediately! <laughs> Haven't you located its source yet? Mayor. Mons Alvaha is a PG-13. Section of our podcast where we like to talk about films that we're going to talk about next week. So... Uh, we have 58 films left. I'm going to do a random one here. Uh, I can't do it. So the next film, I think this is Andy's. Think. Ooh. Next film we're going to talk about is the 2004 film, The Butterfly Effects, oh. starring Johnny Deppy. Uh, no. It's Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Starring Aston Kutchie. Please apologize to 
I apologize I to no Hollywood actor ever. Evan gets a se- severe headaches that cause him to suffer blackouts while unconscious. Unconscious, he is able to travel back in time and alter the past, but this causes drastic changes in his present life. We shall be talking about the butterfly effect with Johnny Depp E. Um, Evan next week. So we're going to see the butterfly effect next week. I, uh, haven't do- is. I haven't seen it ever. I think I've seen it once, probably in 2004. So um, This might give you a good insight into my psyche, Dan. Oh, fun, fun fact. I once, my uh, parents organized a movie night with us and some family friends, and I recommended this film. We watched it, and no one enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> apart from me. Wait. Apart from me. Yeah, it's got a 33% in Rotten Tomatoes. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, so uh, Butterfly Effect next week. If you guys want to uh, join in on that, please do watch it. It's probably on Netflix or Amazon Prime, if you got either two, or maybe borrow it from a friend using um, non-illegal measures. Um, Anyway, that's episode three. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast. Do we have our Do we have our final social names? Yeah, <laughs> no, they are the same as last week. Uh, the Instagram is unusual suspects pod, and Twitter is at unusual pod spect. So there you go. Eventually, when we put these out, we'll put some things on them. I assume. Yeah, I guess this so. is like. We can't see the future yet, but it's it's happened right now because no one would hear this podcast if it wasn't yeah. out already. We are the Taki of the real world. He's made an anime reference. <laughs> who's gonna so who's gonna drink the uh, rice flavoured spit sake? I don't I'll, make, I'll make you some <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what's our Twitter handle? I did it already. We've just done it. <laughs> no, our own, sorry, our own ones. Oh. Oh. At Penny underscore photo pit. Uh, yeah, at Choices21. At Dan Talks A Lot. Uh, Check out Dan's YouTube show After Dark, After Hours, because there's yeah. a fantastic. Pokemon story that everybody needs to hear. Tell them how they can do that, Dan. Well, we haven't got an official because you need to get a thousand subscribers on a channel to get official URL. So go to different uh, youtube.com forward slash different level. Go to the side and you'll see my other channels and find Hi, my name is Dan. Just type in Hi, my name is Dan. Do you feel like she's just throwing you under the bus there? I liked it. I really liked it. It was a good story. I mean, I'm sorry you were so embarrassed and it traumatized you, but I really liked the story. I have way more sweet. fucking worse ones. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, yeah, the, I, uh, it's yeah. I do YouTube, guys. There you go. For people who don't know, I do YouTube. I stick. I'm one of those guys. Those annoying guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's your TikTok, Dan? Oh fucking! I don't know. <laughs> I did actually, before we go, I did actually download TikTok just to see what the fuss was all about. It's like a really shit version of Vine, mm-hmm. is how I just describe it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Lots of dancing. That's yeah. what I see. Yeah. Thinking. And that's dubs. Weird. Yeah. Can... 
I'll give it a 1 out of 10. Anyway, <laughs> thank you very much for listening to episode 3. We'll be back next week with more unusual suspects. Say goodbye, guys. Take goodbye, me. guys. Ha, ha, ha.